Hey everyone and welcome to the Nerd Room where we talk all things comics and movies. This is episode number 45. We're discussing the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Logan trailers. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Sanjay. I'm Troy. Big trailer week this week. We got two hugely anticipated movies dropping, and not moments after we dropped their episode last week, where we did briefly discuss and anticipate what we're gonna see in them, did we get these trailers dropping almost back to back. So we're running down and discussing what we're seeing in these trailers. And so Big warning going forward, we're going to be spoiling a lot. We've seen just as much as you guys, but at the same time, we do have a little bit of comic background here, and we're going to try to anticipate what's going on in these trailers. I hooked on a feeling, (laughs) boo, boo, doo, boo, and I'm high on believing, do, 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 do. That is your preview for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, the teaser trailer. No, that's from Logan. (laughs) So we're getting into our trailer discussion towards the end of the episode here, but quickly, we're going to jump into some nerd news. Woo! We need like a new, like, what's it called? Like a noise thing. This is like, nerd news, nerd news, nerd news, nerd news. A sound cue or something. Yeah, yeah. A noise thing. Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. So this weekend, I don't know if you guys watched the show, but Comic Book Men came back. The Kevin Smith show based on his... uh, comic book shop out in uh, new jersey and it was a very interesting episode the uh, season premiere so they had a guy came in with uh, four issues first appearance of sandman first appearance of electro first appearance of vulture and first appearance of dr octopus and it got me thinking what is the one first appearance of a villain that you most want to own and so I'll, I'll go first give you guys a little bit of time to think of this for me it's a simple one general zod I think that'd be such a cool comic book to own, like the first appearance of Zod. So I looked at it. It's actually quite a reasonable price. I think it's in like the 200 to maybe $400 range. So that's something I'm going to be looking to pick up. What about you guys? I'm about to say Thanos. Uh, I had a feeling you might say Thanos. Yeah, Iron Man number 55. Okay. This is a comic book I've had my eye on for a long time and something that I will eventually pull the trigger on. But <laughs> there's a lot of collecting to be had before I actually do that. So what does that run you back if you were to go on eBay right now? To be honest with you, I cannot remember, but I'm going to say in the $400 range. Ooh. I might be high there, but it is the first appearance of a major MCU villain now. Ooh, and yeah. a villain that's been strong. I think that came out in 1973. Wow. And you've oh. had big stories since 73 on that have had big ramifications for not only the comic book universe, but for the influence in the MCU going forward. That's right. Yeah. It's a good toss-up between uh, the hot toy there. Yeah, <laughs> for me, well, it's like a hundred dollars off right now. Too. <laughs> for me, um, I have a toss-up between Magneto. Oh, that's a good would be one. A pretty cool villain to have. He's, yeah. he's huge. He's iconic. Absolutely. He's one of the best things going on in the X Men movies. Yeah, and uh, the Kingpin. Oh, I think the Kingpin would be a really good pickup. Interesting. So interesting. straight classics, the OGs. Yeah. yeah, especially now with the Kingpin being so prolific in the Netflix series, yes. I think you were going to see him pop up up in defenders as well for sure he's almost like the thanos of that universe yeah, he is. Right on the he Netflix. Is. so yeah cool all right so further on in the episode they're debating who had the better rogues gallery spider-man or batman spider-man <laughs> <laughs> oh what's that do you say batman surrounded by batman toys in your uh, nerd dungeon here so we won't get into that debate but what do you guys think is the third best rogues gallery because clearly those two are the tops what do you guys think i'll, I'll go first give cool. you guys some time what with x-men you got Magneto, you got um, Apocalypse, Mr. Sinister, Sabretooth, Mystique, uh, the Hellfire Club. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they have a really good rogues gallery, yeah, a Juggernaut. I mean, that's the reason why that show, the animated series, was able to run for so long and be so successful because the villains were so good. So. Yeah, and the Sentinels, too, that they yeah. brought in. Yeah. Right? That's a damn good one. <laughs> Shoot. 
Uh, I might go uh, Fantastic Four. Oh, interesting. It's 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 not as big as deep, but the characters yeah. they have are huge. The Super oh, yeah. Scrolls, the Scrolls in general. Yeah. Galactus. Right, I, I even think Fantastic Four first encountered the Silver Surfer as an enemy as well. Yeah, yeah, right? three as well. Right. Yeah. So and the Mole Man, yeah, Doctor <laughs> yes. Doom, and Doctor Doom, of course. Yeah, I mean, exactly. you might forget him from the three appearances he's had in the movies, but uh, in the comic books, he's really cool. He holds it down and look out for that issue of uh, Infamous, right? Infamous Iron Man. Yes, it's that dropped last week. It did drop last week. Yeah. I've not I'm read behind. it yet. I got to catch up on it. that. Nice. Right. On Doom. So I'm going to throw out Captain America. All right. Whether that's hitting the nail on the head there. But if you look at his rogues gallery, yeah. it's deep. You're talking Red Skull, yeah. Zemo, Winter Soldier. There's yeah. a, the Nazis. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The Nazis, Batroc, yeah. all of them. Yeah. Right? And they're all Hydra-focused villains, the majority of them. Serpent Society, all these mm-hmm. guys, right? Yeah. But I really love his rogue gallery. Because a lot like Batman and Spider-Man, I find they're a little more grounded in yeah. the character. Oh, right? for sure. And they do have similar origins to the characters. And I like that idea that the villains do parallel a bit of the heroes. Yes. Yeah. And that's, those are the villains I like seeing fighting, specifically Captain America, those grounded Hydra type agents. Yeah. Awesome. Definitely. Uh, going off a little topic, did you see um, the original concept art of Baron Zemo? I did. With Looks the mask cool. and yeah. all that? Yeah. Oh, that'd be Looks cool. pretty cool. Yes, I was yeah. curious to see if they're going to go down that path in yeah. Civil War with actually masking up Baron Zemo because it's got a kind of a funny origin where it gets kind of glued to his face right, a wet that, rag. Right? yeah yeah <laughs> it's a very strange look but they did have some cool concept yeah and if anyone could bring it to screen i think it's marvel they've Definitely. done some fantastic oh, yeah. stuff awesome and some big star wars news from this week we got a casting announcement for the han solo movie i keep wanting to call it the young han solo movie but yeah. i don't actually think it's a young han solo movie it doesn't seem so it seems like it's rumored that to be at first yeah. now it seems like he's well, not that young. How old would you think Han Solo is in A New Hope? He's got to be 24-ish. Oh, I, I, I thought older. maybe about 30. Yeah, 30, okay. 30. I'd say 30. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this actor now seems about 25. Not much younger. No. Pretty, pretty fresh, right? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. That frames it up a bit more in my head. Hmm. Because I'm thinking, like, if he's 24, then he, this guy doesn't look 20. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so, but Lando has been cast. Yes. Which right. I'm super excited for. This is... You know, one of these swashbuckling characters in the Star Wars universe, mm-hmm. Billy D. Williams, and the man that is going to be portraying him in this movie is none other than Donald Glover. Yes. Troy himself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, Michael B. Michael B. Over here. <laughs> no, man, community. <laughs> yes, that's, that's where he's most well known. That's yeah, yeah, for sure. And what are you guys' thoughts on this casting? I love this. I love this. And I mentioned before on our other podcast, Star Wars Rebels Alert, I have a little plug there, <laughs> but I did mention that he has the swagger to carry um, what Billy D. Williams did so great in Empire and uh, Return of the Jedi. And, you know, if you go back to even The Martian, like he can he can give you some serious dramatic chops. Yeah, right? yeah. And he also gives you a little bit of humor like he does in Community. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. I like his show Atlanta, what's going on over oh, okay. there. That, that show's yeah. pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm totally on board with this choice. I, I mean, I could have gone with Michael B. either way. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Michael B. for all roles. For all yeah. roles, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I agree. I really like the uh, casting choice. I think he's a great actor. I love him in Community and The Martian. As you said, I totally forgot he was in that until <laughs> just now. Uh, my question is, is Lando still alive in the Star Wars universe? Or did they did he die? I don't even remember. No, he made it through Return of the Jedi. He yep. was a general in the Battle of Endor. He threw think... the Millennium Falcon oh, okay. into the Death Star. Yeah. And the original oh. owner of yes. the Millennium Falcon. Oh. Which they're going to get into, actually. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's reports from high-level people at Lucasfilm and that, that that aspect of Lando's character, how he lost the Millennium Falcon to Han Solo, that's going to be in this movie. Awesome. And nice. it was at a high-stakes game with Sabacc, which is, again, something that's 
mentioned all through <laughs> yeah. the, the Star Wars awesome. universe, the books and all that. Yeah. So it's really exciting to see something, a thread that's been hanging since Empire Strikes Back. That's right. Yeah. I can't wait to see them do it. You know, it's kind of like they were Pokemon Go in the Star Wars yeah. universe. Yeah. What if it was just Pokemon Go? <laughs> Would you guys be really disappointed if yes. that's what it was? <laughs> 100%. <laughs> so I'm super jacked about this casting. Mm-hmm. And there was a five-issue miniseries called Lando that Marvel Comics produced in 2015. And this is where some of my confusion came in about the age here and how far back they're actually going because this comic book series takes place just before Empire Strikes Back, before he becomes the Baron of Cloud City there. And it kind of goes through his early days as being more or less a smuggler, a pirate to some sense, and Lobot's in it as well. It's it's a fairly good series. It's done by Charles Soule. I'd recommend going, grabbing it in trade. Nice. You know, it kind of adds a little bit to Lando's story. Mm-hmm. But being that this is probably going to be set, I'm thinking now maybe eight years, six years before A New Hope. Yeah, it must be because we have seen Lando pop up in Rebels and he's he's very close to the rendition of Billy Dee Williams. Yeah. So yeah, I think you nail it there. It'd have to be about eight years before A New Hope. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really excited to see this. We're going to see Donald Glover next in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Oh. So this guy is all over the place. He's getting big roles. Mm-hmm. He's seemingly fallen in with Disney here with Marvel and Lucasfilm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and he's an artist too. He has albums out. Yeah. Solid albums. And like I said, um, Atlanta. It's great. Yeah. So look for this starting to film soon here because this comes out in May 2018. So I cannot wait to get the first set photo of Donald Glover with the mustache. And he's got yes. that big smile. That he, he does. He yeah. does have on Community a lot. A lot of his more recent films, he's played a character that's a bit more reserved, mm-hmm. a bit more isolated. But I'm looking forward to that big smile with yeah. the big, huge mustache. Does this get you more excited now for this film? For the it Han Solo film? It makes it feel more real. Yeah. <laughs> that they've actually cast two characters now. Yeah. <laughs> and two characters that it makes sense to have. Even if he's just a glorified cameo. I don't yeah. imagine this being like a buddy cop where they're kind of teaming up yeah. to save the galaxy. I imagine it's going to be a nice portion of the movie. But it's just going to be building the depth to these characters. That, you know, Lando gets some screen time. But we don't really get a lot of time with him, no. right? And the expansion of the comics is great. And just more content I'm, I'm really happy about here yeah. and filling out the cast with actors like donald glover i think just it's going to bring a lot of credence to this film mm-hmm. and speaking of these anthology films joss whedon director of avengers avengers age of ultron he did buffy serenity all these fantastic geek nerd films if you want to call them we that love them. yes <laughs> he was he recently gave an interview where he discussed his thoughts on directing a Star Wars movie. He said in this interview that he was particularly interested in the idea of these anthology films because they're smaller, isolated films. He seems to still have some animosity towards Marvel Studios with the size of the films that he's directing and the fact that everything in that movie led to something else. He had to be so careful with characters. You're building into a universe. With the isolated films like Rogue One, the Han Solo movie, your overall effects on the saga itself are very minimal. It's a lot about a winking and nodding to the Star Wars universe, which, as a Star Wars fan himself, is something fantastic and something you'd really want to get your hands on. But the implications aren't there for the greater universe. So what are you guys' thoughts on Joss Whedon actually directing a Star Wars film? I'm going to go out here and say, say it first. I don't want to see it strictly because I still don't think he's done like doing Marvel films. I still want to see I still want to see him do another Marvel Cinematic Universe film. Particularly I'd love to see him behind the camera directing a Spider-Man film. I think that would be one of the best films ever made. And I feel like if he goes to the Star Wars route, and he may be done with Marvel, and if if he is, then yes, by all means do Star Wars. But I feel like this project will take a number of years. And if he agrees to do this, 
we can all but forget about Josh Whedon doing another comic book movie, maybe ever. So, um, strictly from that point of view, it may be selfish of me, but I unfortunately would not like to see him do that. But if he does want to do it, hey, more power to him. I'd watch it, and I think it would be great. Yeah, see, I kind of I disagree a little bit. I'm not really big on directors sticking with properties too long. Okay. I think he's kind of ran his time with Marvel, yep. and he yes. showed a little fatigue, you could say, with Avengers. Right. So, um... I would like to see him do a Star Wars movie, but I think any director will tell you they'd want to do a Star Wars oh, movie. Oh, for right? sure. So, I think it'd be pretty cool. I wouldn't mind seeing him do, I this will never happen, but maybe even a Rebels, because he, he handles ensemble so well, like you mentioned. Yeah. So, Rebels would be pretty cool. I wouldn't want to see him handle, like, a Boba Fett or anything like that. A bounty Hunter ensemble. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Cat Bane and Boba Fett. Okay, that's the one right there. <laughs> that's the one right there. And if he was to do any other movie, like, you know, an X-Men movie would be cool, because he yeah. did such a great run with the X-Men. But, um, yeah, man, I'm sold on that uh, the Bounty Hunter run right now. Yeah, and he, he does Captain. really good with uh, female characters yeah. as well. Yes, he so does. So that'd be another chance, you know, because Star Wars has so many strong female characters that that would be a natural fit as well. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe a route that they will go down someday is have a female lead. They do have Rey now and they have Jyn Erso. Exactly. So they do have that strong foundation that they're building, but those are brand new characters too. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see him revisit an original trilogy character. Right. Personally, I think it's a little on the nose. Yeah. Like, it's a little too much. Like, this makes so much sense. I like what they're doing right now with these anthology films and even the saga films. They're giving them to different directors, to younger directors, and just saying, put your spin on it. Yes, there's going to be containment here by Lucasfilm, and there's going to be boundaries that they can't go over and certain aspects of the story that they have to tell to progress into the further narrative. But at the same time, it's cool that they've given Gareth Edwards Rogue One. It's cool that they're giving Colin Trevorrow Episode Nine, mm-hmm. and Joss Whedon. Yeah, he'd be great at a Star Wars movie. Would he do a great ensemble movie? Yes, probably. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, let's give him some other directors here. Yeah, bring back Josh Trank. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Speaking about directors here, Tim Miller, who directed Deadpool, right, has departed Deadpool Two. Oh, so this is one of Fox's next big comic book movies, with the exception of Logan and potentially some follow up to X Men Apocalypse right. mm-hmm. or Gambit. Not really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the movie that just will never die, yeah. that no one wants to see. Yeah. Reports are that it was because of creative differences. And when I first read this, I was like, "Oh, the studio had other ideas for Deadpool," but apparently, it was with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Yes. Um, I also believe uh, Tim Miller wanted Kyle Chandler in the role of Cable. Okay. So that's the other rumor going on there too. Okay. Which uh, he's from Friday Night Lights and Super Eight. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, which that's, I don't, that's different. I yeah, don't see, see it. I don't see that fit. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. So this guy was one of the people that was responsible for getting Deadpool off the ground. He apparently leaked that test footage, that's right. which got the fanboys hyped up, myself included there. Yeah. He had a big input into the script, the direction of this, as well as with Ryan Reynolds, right? And Ryan Reynolds is a star. He's a producer. Mm-hmm. He also had a big hand on getting this on screen. It's revived his career. So he yeah. has a lot of stakes here yeah. in this film. Do you think that now that the director has departed, and he was the one that was writing portions of this movie going into Deadpool 2, mm-hmm. do you mm-hmm. think this affects what we're going to see on screen? Are we going to get the studio influence? Is this going to change potentially what we could have got on screen? Is this going to be like an Edgar Wright thing where someone comes in and it's mm-hmm. okay? Or is this going to be a, a complete disaster? 
Um, yeah, you know, I, I think it's going to be okay. We have the same screen. We they have the same <laughs> screenwriters. Uh, Ryan Ryan Reynolds was very hands on producer, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think they'll be okay actually. Um, and if if that is all true that he wants to go that right with cable, yeah, they're they're better off cutting the losses and going somewhere else because that's kind of a weird cable yeah, in my yeah. opinion. It, it's uh, still fairly early in the production. Yeah, days, so that's good. It's not like when Edgar Wright departed Ant Man. It was yeah. like the last minute. Exactly. They basically had everything ready to go. You just need someone to say action. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, g- give give me a Matt Vaughn, give me a Va- Matt Vaughn, or oh, give me a yeah. Lord and Miller. You know yeah. the guys that are doing the Han Solo. Those guys can handle uh, uh, comedy so well. You know, Twenty One Jump Street. I like that. I, you know that'd be, that'd be great. One. Yeah. yeah. So I think if you can get those two guys or any of those two directors or three directors, I should say, is uh, Matt Vaughn from Kingsman? Kingsman, yeah. oh, okay. uh, the X Men First Class, Stardust. Yeah, and Eddie the Eagle. It's a pretty good movie oh, okay. too. Okay, nice, so, um, nice. He's, he's oh, great stuff. I'd be yeah. in that. Yeah, I guess it depends on who they get to replace him. Like if they yeah. get someone that's like kind of run their course, you'd be like, yeah, not so much. But if they get like a really good director, someone that has like a lot of energy to bring and mm-hmm. would bring something different to the film because we'll talk about this a little bit later with Guardians, but with comedies, a lot of the time, you know, the second movie, the sequel isn't very good because they just recycle the same jokes. So maybe perhaps a new director will bring in some new um, breath into the project and maybe some different direction and different jokes. So this could actually be a good thing. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point because you find yourself with movies that have huge successes. The sequels mm. are often just almost remakes of the original. Yeah. And with Deadpool doing something so different, and that's why it really hit with the fans, Yes, is that they have to continue to evolve there. Exactly. And maybe bringing in a new director is going to allow them to evolve into something completely different but that isn't a carbon copy of what we got with Deadpool 1. Well, well that's just the thing because I believe Tim Miller will want to go a little bit of a different route like a darker route but oh, at the same okay. time their niche is that comedy that they yeah. held mm-hmm. on to because it separates them from every other Marvel or DC film right? Mm. They yeah. found a niche and they gotta stick with that but they gotta do something different exactly. within that niche. Yeah, yeah. no hangover going yeah. on here. Yeah, hangover yeah. 2 is the exact same movie. <laughs> yeah. So bad. So the other day, to celebrate the 75th anniversary of Wonder Woman, the United Nations decided to have Wonder Woman Day. So guys, here's my question for you. What has made Wonder Woman so enduring to last 75 years, and in many people, myself included, that consider her the greatest female superhero? So what is it? What is it about this one character that has endured where others have come and gone and, you know, haven't really lasted or stood the test of time? It seems like Wonder Woman today in 2016 is way more popular than she's ever been, in my opinion. Maybe outside of the 70s TV show, but, you know, we're getting her first movie next year. She made her first uh, big screen appearance in Batman vs. Superman. And even people who hated the film uh, seem to love her performance in it. No, so that's true. She's a highlight in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Troy, about Batman vs. Superman. <laughs> no, she's, she's definitely one of the shining points in that movie. I, I'll, I'll always stick to that. Yeah, I love doing that movie. So, I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, I, I don't know if any of you guys read Wonder Woman. I've never read a Wonder Woman comic besides maybe some of the Rebirth stuff and maybe a few things in... DC New 52. New 52. Yeah. yeah. But I have to say that just coming from the periphery here, this is a very strong female character. This is someone that's been given powers. You don't really see her being portrayed as a damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. So it's something very different. And I feel like through the years, she's evolved quite a bit. Her origins changed. Mm-hmm. Her yeah. characters changed. And I felt like that is what has allowed her to stand the test of time, right? She hasn't ever fallen to this idea where she needs Superman or Batman or whomever to continually come save her. She doesn't play second fiddle to a lot of characters. Mm -hmm. She has that strength, that power, right? Yeah. And she's one of the most powerful 
comic book characters in the DC universe. Oh yeah. And I think that's what's allowed her to endure through a lot of time. And, and now coming into a place where she's got good writers behind her comic books, she seems to have a strong actress behind her in the films. And hopefully we get a good outing in the film universe from here, here in her first solo outing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. Yeah. I got onto wonder woman with uh, the new 52 run because I'm a big Greek mythology guy and, and yeah. what they did with her origin, how they changed up a little bit and she's, uh, spoiler, the daughter of Zeus. Yeah. It, it's, it's a really cool thing. They had a great team going on there. I didn't really finish off that run because it went a little downhill. Yeah. But, um, yeah, she, she's she's great. Yeah. No, I agree. That comic book, the New 52, was probably my favorite New 52 uh, series with Brian Azzarello writing oh, it. Incredible. Yeah. And Go she, and check it out. Yeah. Fighting the First Son. I really hope if they make a Wonder Woman sequel, that First Son is the villain. Yes. that's. Oh, I'd love to see that. Yeah. With Apollo in there. Yeah. Yeah. It had like so many Greek gods. It was kind of like Game of Thrones meet like Greek Gods mythology. of War. Yeah. Yeah. Which becomes the God of War herself. Yeah. With, um, not Achilles. Uh, um, Ares. Ares. Yeah. yeah. So Wonder Woman is one of the big comic book movies next year. It drops on June 2nd, 2017. That's right. And this past week, we got our first two trailers for two of the first, two of the biggest comic book movies dropping in 2017. With Logan dropping. Oh, not close. Not Gambit. (laughs) Logan dropping on March 3rd and Guardians of the Galaxy dropping on May 5th. Oh, okay. Before we get into the discussion of these trailers and breaking them down, I just want to get you guys' opinions on what you think makes a good trailer. Because these two contrast each other quite a bit here. They've gone two different routes. We've seen a lot of good trailers over the past couple years with Star Wars, Civil War, Justice League, all these big movies. Their teasers in particular, I find, are really well done. What do you guys think make a good trailer? Is it the tone? Is it what they show? Is it what they don't show you? Yeah, Yeah, I'm always with the tone. With the movies, with the trailers, you have me with the tone. I'm all about that. I mean, I also like what they don't show. You know, mm-hmm. less is more yeah. in more ways with uh, with trailers, trailers especially, right? Yeah, like the whole purpose of a trailer is to, you know, get the general audiences to go into the theater and watch this film. Well, if you're a comic book fan like we are, you don't even have to show us anything. They literally could have just had a title, Guardians of the Galaxy, coming May 5th, and we all would have seen it opening day. So I think it's different for us what makes a good trailer as opposed to general audience. I mean, a lot of times um, us geeks will say, oh, I can't believe they showed everything in the movie. Well, sometimes they need to because if you're someone who's never heard of Ant-Man and they don't show you enough, you're not going to go see that movie. Yeah. And that movie made over $500 million at the box office worldwide. And if you told me that Ant-Man would have made that much 10 years ago, I would have thought you were crazy. So, I mean, sometimes they do got to show a little bit too much, but it's up to us to filter and see what we do see. I mean, I know, Tim, you're one of the ones who actually don't watch trailers. Do you go back and rewatch some of these trailers to see what From got people hyped? Time to time. As far as trailers go, when I go back and rewatch them or if I watch them for the first time, I'm looking for a few things. Tone, for sure. But I'm also looking for a consistency of tone. Mm-hmm. I want the tone that's conveyed to me in the trailer to be the tone that I'm expecting in the movie. I don't mm-hmm. want to walk in and see... And this is what happened with Suicide Squad. You get this say, kind yeah. of radicalized, almost Guardians-esque trailer, and then you walk in at something completely different here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about that consistency, and it's about the intrigue, too, for me. You need to hook me in in two minutes. And I've said this so many times. I do this with comic books, and I do it with movies. If you cannot hook me on the first issue of a comic book, and if you cannot hook me with a minute and a half of footage out of a movie that's two hours long, your movie is shit. <laughs> <laughs> like you should be able to compile two good minutes of footage yeah, right here. Fair enough. Yeah. And also, one thing... 
I don't like when they do chronological trailers. So they're trying to tell the whole story yeah. within the trailer. And That's you get a bummer. really good idea and you can pick out certain scenes. And mm-hmm. I just don't like that. And I agree with you, Troy. Yeah. Less is more. Yeah. yeah. A big pet peeve of mine is Amazing Spider-Man 2. They showed you yeah. a lot of things in that trailer. It was a great trailer. But they showed you a lot of things in that trailer that were cut right out of the movie. Yeah. So or, you, never, you never experienced that part. The rhino part at the end when you're like, okay, yeah, so now he's going to fight rhino. And yeah. then the movie just ends. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the trailer made you seem like, okay, this is going to be like an important scene in the film. Yeah. Yes. Horrible. So a good trailer, I really think, can make or break a movie. Mm-hmm. It can turn a movie from something that's highly anticipated to something that's, you know, really getting trashed online here. And because of the availability of trailers online now, it's not as much of an experience as it used to be. If right. you remember going back to the movies and you don't know what's coming out, you don't know what's coming down the pipe, and then all of a sudden, boom, Lost World Jurassic Park is shown in front of you. Right. That's one of the first trailers I actually remember seeing. You had more yeah. sporadic TV spots. Oh, and Phantom it, Menace. Yes. Oh, it, was, it was an event almost before. Yeah. I almost look forward to sometimes going to movies to see what was coming out right. next. Yeah, totally. And, and now that anticipation has really dropped. It, they're almost come out unannounced on the internet they go viral and then they kind of disappear as yeah. someone here it is huge few days massively overanalyzed which is something that we're <laughs> gonna be guilty of in yeah. a few yeah. minutes here don't yeah. get me Stay wrong tuned. Here. yeah <laughs> but i think a good trailer really can make or break a movie i yeah. think a yeah. good trailer can drive you into the theater and it can drive you away from the theater as well yeah and save the surprises yeah leave some intrigue leave something hanging yeah and that's what I think all a good trailer needs to do. Yeah, like yeah. the backlash with BVS. Yeah, when they I was drop Tuesday. Say, that's yeah. a huge disappointment in that trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people were upset about that, yeah. and you know, it was it definitely took away because a lot of people had speculated it, but it wasn't confirmed yet. Yes. So yeah. it would have been cool to walk into the theater stone cold and then be like, "Oh, there's Doomsday." Yes. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's just the world we live in. Like, it's very hard to do that nowadays. It is. It very much is. Yeah. Um. You know, there's been a lot of good trailers that have come out in the past year or so. What would you say has been your top trailer um, that you've seen in the last, like, say, two, three years? I really struggled between the one Civil War trailer that you had, Cap, Bucky, and Iron Man fighting. Yeah. And the first Force Awakens trailer. Oh, yeah. good choices. Yeah, for me, Force Awakens trailer and the reveal of Spider-Man in Civil War. Oh, Like, I yeah. know exactly where I was when I That's saw that trailer. one of yeah. the trailers I broke my rule on. Yeah, you had, <laughs> you had to. to see it. Yeah, you had to see it. That was incredible. And, um... Also, Rogue One's latest trailer. Oh, good choice. Have you yeah. seen that one? No, I haven't. So don't no. spoil it. I know, I know you haven't, yeah. It, oh, yes. Actually, I have seen the one. Yes, yeah. yes. Actually, I'm not even being facetious. I have seen it. So. <laughs> uh, for me, I would say Wonder Woman. I mean, that trailer, you know, yeah. broke the internet, if you, you know, to coin a phrase. But uh, I love that trailer, you know. One Comic-Con for me. Yeah. That, that trailer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, people are raving about it. And, you know, it, all these trailers that we talk about hit all these notes. You know, they show you some stuff. They have some funny quips, some great action. And I think one thing, too, is the sound. And one thing I think trailers are guilty of nowadays is that annoying, like, womp, womp. You know, like, you see it at, like, Independence Day and, like, Inception started it. Start of the Rogue One trailer? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's different, though, because that's the... uh, That's theirs. It belongs to them. The animal, right? Or is it an animal? No. The Death Star. (laughs) Oh. That's okay, though. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like, Transformers does this. Every trailer has, like, that, like, loud bang. And, you know, Star Wars, you know, it's fine. It gets a pass because it's Star Wars, and it's Star Wars, man. Like, it has a, it's just a Death Star. But, I mean, like, you know, Inception, Transformers, all this stuff. I mean, let's, let's get away from that. Let's mm-hmm. do something original. And what about the background music? Like... 
Well, I think that's something that is huge here, and we're going to see that in both of these films, mm-hmm. is yes. that the music makes the trailer to a degree, yeah. especially with the Logan trailer. Absolutely. And again, that is something that was huge when the Guardians Galaxy first trailer came yes. out, not Volume 2 here, but Volume 1. That was massively impactful and got a lot of people interested. This Logan trailer... The music sets the tone. You watch that on mute or whatever, it's a different trailer. You yeah. put that Johnny Cash song in there, boom. Sold. Completely yeah. different. Yeah. Let's get into it. We're going to start here with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So this is a teaser trailer. This is something that James Gunn dropped. It isn't an official trailer yet. He said this is something that they put together while they're working on the official trailer. It's. I find it crazy that we're sitting here talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2, Volume 2. The second, the sequel to a movie that was titled Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm a huge <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy fan, and I still can't believe that we're going to sit here and discuss the first teaser for that. Alright, so Troisky's got it queued up, and in the words of the Joker, here we go. So we start off with a look here into the Milano, it looks like. looks very much like the Milani Falcon a bit. Yeah, Star Wars-like. Yes. Yeah. And we're getting, again, reminders of what's going on here in the Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. universe. Very similar song playing in the background. Isn't it the exact same it song? It is. Yeah, they, they, that, they that's, changed that's up the tone a little thing. bit of that, of that sound there. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I like at first. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then you see Gamora. A great Gamora like, shot. We need more of her. And this, this scene here with Yondu and Rocket, and they're walking side by side together here. And you have to excuse me here because the villains in the Logan trailer and the villains in this Guardians trailer are not villains, but the, there's the Ravengers, which are in the Guardians trailer here. And this scene, it's been rumored a bit. It's been talked about a bit. So I'm going to say full spoilers for this stuff. So we're going to bring in some elements of what was talked about at Comic-Con and a few other places here. But at some point here, Yondu is kind of kicked out of the Ravengers. And this looks like a scene where they're either going to rescue Yondu and it looks like a, a big fun scene where they're essentially beating the shit out of the Ravengers. Here. Yeah, it looks like he's doing his whistling technique. Yeah, right? yeah. some yeah. sort yeah. of anti-gravity thing going on yeah. here. Yeah. So, And he was featured in the poster that they dropped. So he's yeah. going to be a part of the Guardians here. I think a much bigger part of this film. Michael Rooker and James Gunn are really good friends. Yeah. And Yondu is one of the original Guardians of the Galaxy members. And I'm really liking that he's going to have a much bigger part in this. A lot of villainous. He kind of played like an anti-hero in the yeah. last film. Yeah. And I think he's going to be playing, again, that kind of swashbuckling pirate type. but. Sure. with the gold, heart of gold type thing right? oh it's so funny because michael rooker like he, everything he plays he's such like a hard ass such a jerk right and then he came to the calgary comic and entertainment expo and he was like the nicest guy there so you know it's so funny that <laughs> you get this perception of someone like he played merle in walking oh, yeah. dead oh, he's such a jerk yeah. In that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but you know it turns out he's like one of the nicest people you'll ever meet who's that that was nebula so nebula is back in the guardians as well she was featured oh, okay. in the poster she was one of the villains. She was working with Ronan right. or Thanos. Daughter here. of Thanos, right? Yeah, daughter of Thanos, granddaughter of Thanos. Depends on which kind of comic book you're reading. Oh, okay. okay. Um, so she does have ties to Thanos. So it's going to be interesting to see how they integrate that character because Drax, who is a mortal enemy of Thanos, yes. is going to be chasing after Nebula here. So it looks like we're going to have her part of the Guardians to some degree here. And it's going to be kind of this interesting dynamic, right. I think, between the team here. It seems like they're gathering these this crew from the original film but they're going to be having to team up i think it's really good cool change up here. yeah you've got a cool scene here too very uh, iron man like yes oh, right? Star yeah Killer. yeah i love this there's some ships and some people flying i like the purple like the lettering it's a nice nice touch Looks kind of eighties. I feel like an eighties vibe with like the lettering and stuff and even the first picture with the black and white i'm seeing like eighties rock so that's the one thing that I was disappointed with the song choice. I was hoping they'd do something like more 80s rock, like a Guns N' Roses or something. Yeah, especially with yeah. it being titled Volume 2. Yeah. Right? And I think it's trying to hit and remind you 
that Guardians is this. I agree that maybe the song choice wasn't the best mm-hmm. for this. Maybe they should have gone something a little different. Yes. In contrast to what they did with the original. I think here in the scenes we have Gamora, Drax, and Star-Lord walking on this planet. This could be Ego here, maybe, potentially. Oh, Kurt Russell. They're, I don't think they're going to go down the route of the full embodiment of a face <laughs> on a planet. Yeah. But it could be that Kurt Russell is part of the planet or he's like this the sentient representation of the living planet itself mm-hmm. so i'm curious to see this this planet here where we have all the kind of the fallen down logs here and they all seemed quite intrigued going off onto this planet That's do you right. think groot will be from here because he's like a living tree, tree and this is a living planet so maybe he grew up in this planet potentially i think he comes from planet x i believe from oh, the comic okay. books, oh, but maybe the last of his x. kind yeah. ah. I, I have to apologize to you guys i think i said star killer i know who star killer is <laughs> star lord is i'm playing lots of star wars so forgive me star lord <laughs> here we go and this scene here at the end with drax and star lord it is it, it picks up right where they left off and it's a great exchange with actor dave batista and chris pratt dave batista again filling this role just to the T, perfect. Right. Executes it well. Yeah, yeah, they've changed his character of Drax quite a bit from the comic books, but I think they've done it. And this dry sense of humor, this very literal sense of humor, really fits the actor of Dave Batista as well. He really hits this home. Mm-hmm. Great chemistry between the two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And for a guy to sit there for, what, four or five hours putting makeup on every day? Oh, wow. Yeah. That takes something else. <laughs> well, he's not wrestling anymore, so he's got to do something. <laughs> they going for the bro hug. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Reluctantly, he agrees to it. So, yeah, 2017, May 5th, this movie is dropping. I'm there first day. I'm there day before. Whatever oh, yeah. I get to yeah. for this thing. And oh, it closes man. out with a just a great scene with Rocket Raccoon here. And if you notice this whole trailer, one of the breakout stars of the movie, Groot, isn't present in any of it, with yeah. the exception of this final scene. And my wife fell off the couch when she saw this. She <laughs> loved baby Groot, loved Groot in the film, loved Rocket. And the fact here that we're getting this adolescent-looking Groot almost has this evil smile as Rocket's clearly shot through some sort of door and killed someone. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm surprised with this choice because I thought we would have got a lot of baby Groot or Groot or Groot throughout the whole trailer because I know he's such a huge hit. But it looks like they're going um, the Luke Skywalker approach. Yeah, uh, a Force Awakens, you can say, right, saving him for the very end. Oh, yeah. wait to see how many action figures and stuffed toys and all oh. this is going to be done. This him in this Ravengers outfit as well. Just yeah, Christmas I, I hate to say it, but like it's cute as hell. Yeah. <laughs> but it's gonna be funny if they do contrast that cuteness with something that's just like he's just a total badass at some point right oh yeah and that brings this trailer to end so it's a, a teaser trailer really in the sense of that is that it's short it's a minute and a half i'd expect to see something maybe a bit longer attached to dr strange giving us a little more insight oh, yeah. into maybe the story of it mm-hmm. yeah but overall what did you guys think of this trailer does this intrigue you you know has this captured you brought you into being a little more hyped for Guardians of the galaxy volume two to be honest with you, I thought it was a really good trailer. I was already super hyped to begin with. I, as I said before, Guardians is one of my favorite Marvel Cinematic and comic book movies of all time. Um, but as I said, you know, it felt a little bit, as we talked about before with Deadpool, a little bit like I've seen this before, especially with the song choice. That's the kind of thing that really got it for me. I mean, the action was awesome. Pretty funny, like a lot of funny moments. And, you know, I, I really enjoyed it, but I wish we saw something maybe a little bit different. Maybe I'm asking for too much for just like a brief teaser because I've become like this spoiled geek now where, you know, like it's, you know, <laughs> How like, we all. <laughs> yeah. like if this dropped 10 years ago, the whole internet would have been broken with our dial up connections. But uh, no, like I-, I liked it, but, you know, I'm going to critique it a little bit. I-, I wish they changed the song, as I said. 
and it did feel a little old hat to me. I would have liked to see something maybe a little bit new, but then again, maybe they're just going to save that for the official trailer for Doctor Strange, but it did wet my beak. Yeah, you know, I kind of agree with you. Um, I really wish they chose a different song selection, but I really do like to see that we got some new dynamic between other characters from the previous movie, like um, Nebula, Nebula, Yondu. And yes, exactly. I love seeing yeah. that, but I, I just wish, you know, it's volume two. I really wish we got a different uh, sound choice, music choice. Other than that, I mean, it's a teaser, so we can't really ask for too much. I think mm-hmm. it served its purpose pretty well, and, you know, we got a little bit of Baby Groot in there, so yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, and but, I think a rarity here where I'm going to agree with wow is this this the first time we've all agreed on something that's never happened before so I'd agree that it is it does feel a bit repetitive from what had been done before I'm going to defend it here in the sense that I think that they were trying to say here's our characters let's just remind you it looks very similar as far as the cinematography the colors and all that Mm -hmm. the palette looks the same we have a similar song I agree they should have went with a different song Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think they're just trying to remind you who these characters are. Yeah. The thing I loved about this, I still have no idea what this movie's about. Yes. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, and that's in- one of the biggest things with trailers. Yes, yeah. I'm intrigued a lot by it. I liked how they showed the characters. The CG looks great. Mm-hmm. The information that we got here was no more than we got from Comic-Con when they brought out the Ravengers and they announced some of the concepts that they're going to explore with Eagle of the Living Planet. Yeah. That's the aspect I like about this. I know nothing more than I knew before watching this, other yeah. than the fact that I got to see a different scene with Drax and, and Star-Lord and yeah. Gamora. And so I'm excited about this. I've always been excited about this, but hoping that the next trailer, the first actual trailer, gives us just a little more, a little something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely agree. All right, so, so should we queue up a Logan? Let's go, bub. Not yes. old man Logan. Before we get into this... I'd just like to quickly go through a little bit of the timeline because I noticed on the internet there's a lot of confusion as to where this movie takes place. And oh, has I have been... no idea. And so... Tib here is our designated timeline <laughs> instructor of this universe for X-Men. He, he was talking with Stephen Hawking and the, those two have come up with a theory. I think it involves some string and a donut-shaped universe, but yes. I'll let Tim talk about it. <laughs> So I'm just going to briefly try to break down this timeline here. So we have our original timeline, I'll call it. So it contains X-Men Origins Wolverine, parts of it, (laughs) the original trilogy, and the Wolverine. Okay. So the Wolverine was the 2013 solo outing of Logan. Yes. That all occurs in the original timeline. This is more of a sequel as far as timeline goes to X-Men Apocalypse than it is to the actual Wolverine. Okay. Okay. So... I'm if, following still. If we look back at first class, as far as I'm concerned, in the timeline, that always occurs. Because our pivot point in this universe is 1973, the events of Days of Future Past. So Logan, his consciousness is sent back into his 1973 body. Okay. We have all these events occurring. And I really don't think it's directly Logan's presence that splays off the timeline. It's, and I've said this before, it's Mystique's choice. Her choice not to shoot Boulevard Trust, which is influenced by... Xavier, who is influenced by Wolverine. So right. yeah. there's kind of this indirect push from Wolverine mm-hmm. to have Mystique make this choice not to shoot Boulevard Trask, because that's quoted as being her first kill in the original timeline, and that oh. leads her down the path to Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, which eventually leads to this apocalyptic Sentinel universe that we do see at the start of Days of Future right. Pass. Right. This new splayed timeline, the first movie happening in that, fully in that, is X-Men Apocalypse. So that's in our new timeline. We get that scene in there with Wolverine, again, reintroducing him to the Weapon X program because in Days of Future Past, Wolverine was left with Stryker with this confusing Mystique twist. Yeah. Yeah. 
they've kind of backed their way out of that, but essentially that's when Logan is captured by Stryker and put into Weapon X program, and we see the results of that in X-Men Apocalypse. Right, so that Wolverine and that Apocalypse and Logan are essentially the same. Yeah, so that Wolverine at the end of Days of Future Past is the Wolverine that shows up eventually in X-Men Apocalypse. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. So like Wolverine he's, he's, goes back in time, and then like he like controls like his Wolverine. Yeah, so it's, it's just his consciousness has gone back in time. His consciousness flies back forward, oh. and his original self is left in 1973. But he's left in a very different place because he's gone through the events yes. of 1973's Days of Future Past. He's helped out Professor X, and he ends up in the Potomac, full of wrought iron or whatever. Right. So that's not where he would have been if he had not gone back and assumed the body with his consciousness okay okay cool so it's the it's the wolverine they pull out of the potomac and it's the wolverine that shows up in x-men apocalypse that is the wolverine that eventually becomes our old man logan yes here. so the teaser that we get at the end of x-men apocalypse with mr sinister the essex corporation which teases x-23 which teases the idea of a geneticist a biologist kind cloning. of cloning yes all that going on that is projected now into the future here. Mm-hmm. And we um, also have the scene at the end of Days of Future Past, which is the original trilogy cast coming back together. That scene itself in the X-Mansion takes place in 2023. Oh. So the equivalent time frame to the apocalyptic Sentinel universe. But that occurs in this new split-off timeline. So the Logan that we're seeing in Old Man Logan, or Logan, the film here in 2017, Yeah. Occurs in the same timeline as that scene at the end of Days of Future Past with the original trilogy cast, as well as the same timeline as X Men Apocalypse. So, what oh. could have happened within that time? Because Wolverine looks different at the end of Days of Future Past, right? Than yeah. he does in Logan. Yeah. Like he looks so like he's aged a whole lot. Apparently, they're one year apart. Yeah. So oh. it's 2023 that scene occurs in, and this movie apparently happens in 2024. So the research I did do did point at that, that it was 2024, one year after those events of that teaser scene at the end of Days of Future Past. Some hard times. That's a little disappointing. I'd like to see a movie that fills that gap to see what exactly happened to these mutants that caused them all to perish, as you will. Yeah, so I have some speculation here as to what's happened. I think we'll get at that as we go through the trailer here. But basically what we know is that far-flung future here there's something going on with the mutants. They're disappearing quite rapidly. And we do see that we have Charles and Logan present here. There's a few other mutants. But the basic concept is mutants are disappearing. And we have these Reavers who are kidnapping mutants and using them as part of some sort of evolved Weapon X program. Cool. Cool. All right, let's Let's get it into it. I hope that wasn't too confusing. <laughs> no, not at all. We all have our degree in astrophysics. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I love Johnny Cash. So we get the classic hand here going on, and the claws look like they're just ready to pop out. Yeah. It's this... What do you think of, of his look here, first of all, Hugh Jackman's look? Is it old man Logan-y enough for you? And not really. <laughs> kind of, but not really. Not all the way. Not fully on board with it, but I do like the look. You know, it suits the universe that they've established, right? Yeah. Do you think he's going to put on the yellow costume? No. no. He has to. This, this is his age. last time. I know. I wish. You know what? Maybe we'll get a flashback. Yeah, potentially. Maybe we could get a it flashback. It was teased in The Wolverine. That's right. Yeah. Scene. Is the yellow and uh, orange or yellow and brown. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Orange yeah. and brown. Yeah. yeah. So see this this water tower that he's living in. And yeah. I really like, it seems that he's living there with Xavier. And I like the parallel to when they're inside of it a little further on in the trailer. It looks like Cerebro to me. That's yeah, the feeling yeah. I got from that. Okay. Maybe that is Cerebro. 
potential. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And it yeah. really sets the tone of the environment what we're in, this yeah. post-apocalyptic So world. that's one other thing I don't get. Is it just that they're in the desert and everything looks shitty? Or has the whole world <laughs> gone to shit at this I point? Have... That's what I'm wondering. Because we do see some kind of like forestry kind of yeah. environments, don't we, throughout this trailer? And you see buildings and yeah. stuff. So... so I don't know if they just focused on the idea that the, the mutants, particularly with Logan and Professor, have retreated to the desert or some base or hidden area or whatever and that's all we're seeing here because like you guys have both mentioned this this idea that i'd really like to see something that looks like mad max oh yeah Yeah. and they're really pulling on that a bit here i think being in the desert and that parallels to old man logan's storyline yeah but i don't really get if the whole world is going to shit or if it's just the mutant population (laughs) yeah maybe you know they're hunting mutants so all the mutants are hiding and they can't live normal lives so maybe they're kind of feral this music too just unreal when it crescendos at the end so good. Just Logan drinking with the uh, overcoat. He always drinks in the movies. And yeah. it looks like a funeral scene. Well, yeah. So any speculation of who could be in there? I think that says... I don't know if that says Peters or... Yeah, that's. it doesn't look... Sure. looks like the funeral's on the other side of the lot. Yeah. There. But what's interesting about this scene, what I took away from this, was that they're not being exterminated. They're not being hunted down by sentinels or people. He's gone to a funeral of a friend here. Yeah. The idea here is that the mutants are disappearing quite rapidly. Mm-hmm. And a couple of things that I'm speculating on as far as what's gone on with the mutants is a disease or something that's techno-virus. targeting, well, yes. there's a technovirus, mm-hmm. something that's targeting the X gene itself, mm-hmm. or building into the idea that we have Mr. Sinister, a geneticist, a biologist, is it some sort of biological warfare that's going on? That's right. That's targeting the mutants. And this is where the story evolves to eventually. Mm-hmm. People think they're just dying because of something to do with the X gene but it's actually some sort of biological warfare that's actually targeting the mutants. And so they're going about extermination in a different way, a more subtle way, something that isn't obviously detectable. Mm-hmm. Like It's not like they're going out with sentinels or bombs right. or whatever, or big armies or anything like right. that. So this scene tells me that they're unaware of what's going on with the mutants. It's not an extermination right. thing. Or do you think he's un- in-, in hiding? I mean, in the Old Man Logan comics, he's not only known as Wolverine. I mean, his few friends, Hawkeye, of course, and the Hulks kind of know, but nobody really knows that he was once the Wolverine, right? Oh. Yeah. It, that's yeah, interesting. I, I'm going to say it's like Cyclops or something. It's going to awesome. be a hit at what we're oh, familiar yeah. with, I yeah. think. And so, yeah, his his mutant gene here. So his healing power, it's yeah. slowed down. So, again, that leans a bit on there's something going on, a disease or something. Because yes. you see that with Professor X, too, is yeah. that the degradation of his mind. Yeah. And with the scarring, all that, his healing powers, this was confirmed by the director. Mm-hmm. They, he's still healing, but just very slowly, yeah. and then it scars after. Yeah, and I hope they nail it this time, because they tried pulling that off in the Wolverine, and it was kind of hokey yeah. when he lost yeah. his powers, but it looks like they're committing all the yeah. way with this yeah. one. Yeah. Okay, is it just me, or does it, every movie Hugh Jackman, is he in? Does he put on a shirt? Like, oh, yeah. every he's movie, <laughs> every single film. I mean, you talk about Prisoners, The Wolverine, X-Men 1, uh, Les Mis... It's always Hugh Jackman puts on a shirt. If you're that big all the time, I'd have a shirt off every day. Every Although, day. He's really small in X-Men 1. He is. Yes. Yeah. yeah he and is. He's, he's like, a little smaller here, too. Yeah. Than he is. I don't know if that's on purpose. I think so. It's to yeah. do with the character. He's weakened. I'm yeah. saying he's older. Because yeah. Patrick Stewart isn't looking good in this either. No. no. Well, I don't know if they've done a little CG to him or if he's actually I, just I getting think old. It's I think it's CG. Yeah. I just saw him in the green room, and uh, he looked pretty good in that looked one. Looked healthy? Because so. yeah. he, I saw this, and I was like, oh my god, is he going to die soon? Like, yeah. <laughs> he did not look healthy. I'm not ready to lose Patrick Stewart. No. Me neither. And that looks like our first look at X-23. Is there like a helmet in the back there? Like, go back for a second. 
Sorry, I'm just telling Troy. So if you look up there in the top, there's like an orange like helmet. It's a pen. It's a pen? <laughs> yeah. It's oh, well, way to uh, throw my theory out. Well, Sorry. then. It could well, be Dr. It, Doom's mask. It could uh, be pen, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, then just ignore everything I say for the so, rest yeah, of the podcast. First introduction to uh, X23, it looks like here. Yeah, from the right? back. Yeah. And we get Logan questioning who that is. The voice of Patrick Stewart in this. It's just heartbreaking. They want him to narrate a lot more things. Yeah. <laughs> him and uh, Morgan well, Freeman. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. What are your thoughts here on a young X-23? So they've <sighs> confirmed her, I think, more or less as X-23. Yeah. They've released an Instagram post with the actress calling her Laura, which is the name of X-23. So she, in the comics, is someone that's cloned from a da- damaged genome of Wolverine. She has the claws in her hands and her feet. Yep. Only two claws in her hands. Yeah. And she does have this kind of berserker thing going on as well. Mm-hmm. In a rated R cut of this film, which has been confirmed to be rated R, so Fox leans, looks like they're leaning on this a bit more, is it appropriate to have what appears to be a 13-year-old girl going berserker and killing people? Like, is this an appropriate age to have in this movie? I think it adds an effect, but for the character's sake, I would rather her be a little older. I agree. Yeah, You know, at least 16, 17, 18 would have been prime. I think they've done it because it makes the character a bit more sympathetic both yeah. from the Hugh Jackman perspective and you kind of attach yourself to this girl that is potentially in trouble, struggling with maybe being a mutant or maybe with this berserker mode that she goes into. Mm-hmm. And it, it allows you to believe a bit more that Logan is willing to help a young girl. It makes, again, more sympathetic. That's right. But I would have preferred them going with like a 20-year-old, someone that's more yes. believable, someone that could take up the reins of Wolverine down it, the road. Well, that's just it, right? They get their, their first sight of the Reavers here. So I don't believe this is an extermination force. I fully believe this is police federal on the on the windshield here. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think they're okay. collecting mutants, and this is more of a we're working for the Essex Corporation or whatever they're called mm-hmm. in this, and they're collecting whatever mutants are left, and again moving into maybe a much more evolved Weapon X program. Yeah, and again we're getting that desert kind of setting right yeah. going on here. I think this was shot in Australia. Now who's oh. that? Taliban. Who knows who that could be? But this right here just. Reminds me of Metal Gear Solid. For everyone out there who's checked out or played Metal Gear Solid, uh, The Phantom Pain, or Grand Zeroes, this trailer is just very reminiscent of that whole gameplay. And this is awesome. This character, I don't know who it could be, but I so, love the look. So this looks like the character images they released of Stephen Merchant's character, which ah. is rumored to be Caliban. Okay. So they okay. released an image with a hat and the kind of the, the face mask and the yeah. goggles and all that. So Caliban was an X-Men Apocalypse. His... Mutant power is sensing other mutants. Oh, finding other mutants. okay. Yeah. Interesting. So it makes sense that he's in this. And Stephen yeah. Merchant, mostly known for a comedian, he's, you know, big pals with Ricky Gervais. So it's kind of interesting that he'd take a serious role like this. It depends on his voice when he talks. That, I think, will take me out of it if he has his heavy British accent. Oh. What if he has the Bane thing on? Well, if he, if he, he's got to change his voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a very cool look. I like the yeah. look of this character. And, and like I say, it looks like Skullface, actually. That's the name from Metal Gear Solid. Oh, okay. Going forward. This scene here in the car with the music is just heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, this is really when... the age of Professor oh, X. He's looking old here. And yeah. this is when he's trying to convince Logan that... And he actually says in this, I can't remember verbatim what it is, but he basically says he, she very much is you. And so this, again, hinting at the idea that it's X-23, that it's a clone of Wolverine. He knows a little more than I think, than Logan does. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of why maybe lean towards that maybe Logan isn't hiding and they're they're trying to recreate the Weapon X project. But they've kind of beaten us over the heads with doing that already with Wolverine throughout these movies, right? Yeah. His dog tag. Yeah, the classic classic dog tag. Yeah. 
What's interesting, where do those dog tags come from? Because his dog tags in the movie say Wolverine because he ha- had them changed, right? And that comes yeah. that goes back to X-Men Old Origins Wolverine, yeah. right? And that's why he didn't know his name. So yeah. those are either new dog tags and because they stripped his name when they kind of went in and did the Weapon X program and wiped his mind and all that mm-hmm. and just had the Wolverine dog tags. So I don't know where those come from, if they're new or if there's something that he's picked up. Because I think going through the wars and all that, that he did have proper dog tags. Right. Well, didn't Jean say his name in X-Men Apocalypse? She did. Yeah, she says, like, Logan or something, so that way he remembers. So maybe from there he goes and gets, like, new ones? Yeah, because his whole mind is all messed up because oh, he yeah. has the memories of the original trilogy, yeah. but then he doesn't, <laughs> and then I have no idea. Like, poor, poor Logan. The poor guy. Yeah. He's got this car chase scene going on here. Again, hitting me with the Metal Gear Solid stuff. Furiosa. So, yeah, this is awesome. With the metal arm, you got a little bit of Star Wars in there, a little bit of Metal Gear. I'm loving this. Mad Max. Yeah, so this Mad villain is, is Donald Pierce. He's the head of the Reavers here. And they seem to be augmenting themselves. I don't know much about that from the comics, but from what I do know is they do augment themselves with cybernetics. And this is supposed to be how they kind of evolve their human state to being more robotic. And I think this character in particular does it so much that it's, it's, it's a, there's a question in the comic books whether or not he is actually human anymore because he's got so much cybernetics. It doesn't look like they've gone too far down this route. And there's an interesting image that was released of the guy's hand on the ground with a gun. Oh. And it was a right hand, which this is. Yeah. I'm interested to see if at some point in the movie, Wolverine, Logan, cuts his guy's arm off. Nice. That's why he ends up with the cybernetic hand. Nice. So it's interesting, obviously, then Magneto must not be around. Because if he was, he would just dominate yeah. these guys. Well, that's yeah. a good point. Where's right? Magneto? Where yeah. is he? Good, good point. We'll have to continue to see. Because I, I didn't hear anything about Magneto even appearing in the film. No. no. This Dead. guy here has yeah the yeah. right arm, metal, the left arm. So cool. I really like the look they're going for with all these characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, the only thing that makes me a bit worried about this film is when I see the Reavers, I really get an X-Men Origins Wolverine vibe off of the characters, off yeah. of the villains. I don't know. That's the only part that I'm a bit shaking on mm-hmm. in this trailer. And I went back and watched... The original Wolverine X Men Origins trailer, yes. the Wolverine trailer. I wanted to get a feel if I had that same sentiment coming from the other trailers. If it was just the fact that it was the music or the content, and I feel more so now that it's the content in this that really gets me. Because and those trailers just aren't successful in showing what this is showing here. That's right. The music makes a huge difference. But it's the content also I find in this. And I really hope we do get to see Wolverine kick some ass and fight these Reavers. Because the Wolverine, there's a huge ninja scene in the trailers. And they cut it right out in yeah. the movie. Yeah. So let's hopefully, uh, hopefully they, they learn from their mistakes here. Let's hope. And this massive scene with Professor X here. Yeah. And he seems to be losing complete control of his powers. Yeah. The people pointing the guns and he's probably like trying to control it. But maybe he can't. We got here, like Wolverine's growing his own food, you see, with like the light there, or maybe it's pot he's growing. Very interstellar, the Martian light. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. even this is Cerebro to me here. Yeah. You get all the holes, the punctures in the water tower, and it really makes you feel like the scenes from X1 where you have Wolverine mm-hmm. standing behind Professor X and he's popping up all the yeah. mutants that he's seeing in Cerebro here. Good call. Very much so of that. That's the imagery I think they're going for there. And you do see how frail Professor X is here yeah. with yeah. Logan carrying him. This next part. Of the trailer. This is my favorite part of this trailer. It's not Wolverine fighting or whatever. It is this lucid moment that Professor X have, and he turns and smiles. It looks like it's a scene where we have Wolverine, X-23, and Professor Xavier sitting around, Mm -hmm. talking, reminiscing, whatever. This look from Patrick Stewart hits me every time. Favorite scene in the trailer. Mm -hmm. I agree. Sold. 
makes me feel old just thinking about from the first X-Men to this that we're already like that came in like, 2000 yeah, yeah like 17 deep. years ago yep. and we start to see the connection here between Laura X-23 and Wolverine kind of like the relationship we saw in the original X-Men with Wolverine and Rogue yep right? oh yeah it's got a soft spot yeah nice tie back Daniel in distress gets the claws, claws out, out some more forced fighting which the X-Men yeah. series loves the classic Wolverine jump this is iconic as Iron Man's you know landing right? yeah no. I've never liked the look of this jump no, no? Yeah. I don't know what it is it just maybe they need to clean up the CG a bit it looks like he's hanging from a wire there to me yeah, yeah. I, that's, this is the I, this is the only part I really don't like I don't, yeah. I don't love this scene here and you should like it more right yeah, yeah. like you should be jumping over your seats when you see this yeah. now is that metal claws or is that bone because from like here i think they're i think they're metal especially going off the poster oh, okay yeah. yeah so he gets the metal claws back because the next man apocalypse he gets the claws back right. so the bone claws were from the other timeline oh you guys prefer either or metal. oh metal yeah. for yeah. sure yeah, sure bones kind of weird so we see x23 fighting there but no claws Oh, it looked yeah. that way, right? Good point. Yeah. Maybe she doesn't know she has. I didn't it catch yet. that the first time. Yeah. This her fighting scene. I don't. We're watching the red band trailer right now. I can't remember if that her fighting scene is actually in the the green trailer. I don't think I saw it in the that one. No, because no. we watched the red band here before we started, and that was the first time I picked that scene up that she's actually in there fighting. Mm-hmm. Some more uh, car chases going on in the desert. Yeah. See, very Mad Max like. Yeah. So and there's a scene there too where we had the Reavers that look like they've got Caliban pinned down here. And they seem to be making him use his powers, whether it's to seek out Logan or Professor X or whomever, X-23 maybe. Mm-hmm. There he is with his claws again. This yeah. is a much better scene with the Logan with the claws out. Yeah, and this is very old man Logan. Like, he's wearing the jacket, he has the hair going on. Like, that's straight out of uh, Mark Millar's old man Logan run yeah. right nice, there. Nice. Oh. Right through the head. So that's the red band part of this trailer. Yeah. And we're looking at right now the scene where he just jams his claws right through the skull of this guy. Yeah. One of the Reavers, it looks like. Who? painful yeah i would not want to be that guy turn into a shish kebab and then again uh, the trailer's kind of closing out with the hand that we saw the trailer open with beautiful poster too yeah Yeah. we get x23 here laura wolverine's gone through some serious battle holding the shovel he's buried someone who do you think he's buried professor x yeah it's gotta be professor x eh? i don't i don't want to say it but i have no insight so maybe it's not but that's what i'm thinking i mean do you think do you think this could be a war machine situation again from the Civil War trailer? The bait and switch. Or we thought, you know, he bit it. It's, it's, you know. could, the only other character could be in here really, I think, is Caliban. I don't know how close they are in this film, but this could be the bait and switch is Caliban instead of Professor X. Right. The look on Wolverine's face here, I think, says it all. Did they just give away the ending? Or is it like a dog? Did they have a dog? Potentially. <laughs> <laughs> put the dog, the dog down. bit him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this is the ending. I think it's probably partway through the movie yeah. film here. Yeah. When shit hits the fan. Logan. Logan. Not a fan of uh, the font there. Oh, no, IMAX. That's nitpicking. It's but pretty it's, simple. Yeah. I didn't know this was coming out in IMAX. All right. So let's, let's just quickly give our final thoughts on this Logan trailer. We'll throw it to you first here, Troy. Yeah, so no, my thoughts on this trailer is, is, is spot on. It's one of my favorite trailers of the year next to the Rogue One trailer. I love the tone. They didn't show us too, too much. The setting and the universe they've, they've established here is great and it looks like a very independent Wolverine film. It, it looks like it's for sure going to be the best Wolverine film they've ever made. So uh, totally on board with this. Love it. I agree. You know, I wasn't too excited about this film coming into 2017. I mean, this uh, landscape is cluttered with comic book movies and action films. So, you know, it really had to do something different to stand out from the rest. And I think it accomplished that with this trailer. So I'm back on board the hype train for Logan. 
you know, I'm gushing about this trailer. You know, I think it's great, and I can't wait to see the film. Whereas before, I probably would have saw it, but not opening day. This is opening day now for me. Yeah, I agree. I'm fully on board for this. I I have this weird attachment to this X-Men universe. Although it hasn't always produced the best movies, I feel somewhat invested in this film, and I'm invested in the character of Logan portrayed by Hugh Jackman. This looks fantastic. I love the tone. I feel like I may have overanalyzed this a bit and picked it apart. <laughs> but again, that just comes back to my odd investment in this franchise. I'm not still not fully convinced that this is Hugh Jackman's last portrayal. But if he bites it in this film, I will not be surprised. Yep, yeah, that's the true. Johnny Cash music is fantastic. I don't feel that I know everything about this movie, but at the same time, the amount of analysis I went into here, I feel like I have a good grasp of what's going to happen. I'm hoping that they left us some surprises and it's just not what we're seeing at face value here is what actually is going to be on screen in the movie. I think there's a lot of twists in this movie that we haven't seen. There can play with a lot of things here. The fact that the mutant gene is dying out. We probably have cameos, I'd say, in this film. Maybe Sabretooth shows up. And I think they're really going to play with Patrick Stewart here. His portrayal on this looks fantastic. How frail he looks. Those lucid moments that he appears to have. Yeah, this is top-notch trailer. It'll be a great send-off for the actor, yeah. too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So who won the Marvel trailer battle of whatever week in October this is? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Logan. Yeah, I'm going with Logan. I give it three claws. Yeah. <laughs> oh! <laughs> fully agree with you there. I think this trailer fully takes the cake. Guardians, one of my favorite movies. I love that franchise, but this Logan trailer just really outdid itself, I think. For sure. I'd love to hear what uh, Elliot thinks about Yes, this. yes. He's our big-time X-Men fanboy. Yes, and we'd also like to hear what you guys think of this. What did you guys think of the Logan and the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 trailer? What are your thoughts and predictions? What are you anticipating more, Guardians or Logan? You can always grab us at hashtag enter the nerd room if you're looking to contribute to the show, add your comments, whatever we talked about in the show, or if you have some opinions. Did we miss something in this trailer that's very obvious staring us in this face? <laughs> Let us know. You can comment on YouTube here. You can always grab us. Our Twitter handles are at the end of the episode. We are on Facebook. And be sure to go over and give us a like and subscribe over on iTunes. It's really interesting. You know, it's really fun. I learned a lot of stuff today. And, you know, I must say, it's always a blast sitting here in the nerd room. North America's only all-nude podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You almost had it. (laughs) Troy just listened. The best is when Troy laughs. He's not just like a subtle laugh. He like collapses. Like his head goes down. Like he's done for like a solid two minutes. This KO. (laughs) (laughs) Like if I was boxing Troy, I would just like have a whole like joke line and I'd win. (laughs) Done. All right, guys. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure breaking down and discussing these two trailers. Look forward to next week. We're going to be talking Doctor Strange in comics and the brief film slash TV appearance he has had. And then following on from that, the following week, we have Doctor Strange, our full movie review on that. Guys, got your tickets? Got our tickets. Yeah, it's going down. No, AVX. Sorcerer Supreme. Yay, yay. So we look forward to that and discussing that. And who made cameo? Who who knows? Could someone show up from the Marvel Universe in this movie? We'll let you guys know. (laughs) Hopefully you watch it first before we watch (laughs) it. All right, guys. For the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Sanjay. I'm Troy. And thank you for entering the Nerd Room. There's no witty comment at the end of this episode. We are out! Don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. 
You can find our host, Tim, Sunday, and Troy, on Twitter at TheNerdRM, 1912 Podcasting, and Troy, the boy 87 